Radio Influence. The future is now. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name is Seth, Jim Psychic and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. So, Jim, uh, you've had a lot going on since the last episode. What's on your mind? Oh, my goodness, Seth. I've been to New York City and um, saw a Broadway play, uh, hung out in Central Park, and hung out with my grandson. So, you know, I was in the zone. Those are a lot of good things right there. I I had a great time and really was in the moment. Um, I'll tell you what's on my mind, though. No matter where I go, uh, negative news is there. You know, I could go to California. I could go to New York City. I, I could go to London. I can go to Beijing. There is negative news in the news, and it's everywhere. Uh, it's on the radio. It's on television. Uh, it's in social media, and it's just there, and, and it permeates our psyche. And that concerns me that there's so much negativity. I mean, just think about this. Here's the news. I'll give you a capsule, Seth. In Texas school shooting, 10 dead, 10 hurt, and many unsurprised. That's on the headlines of the New York Times. Forget Iran. Russia is the real threat to the U.S. and the Middle East. CNBC. Harvey Weinstein would have skated if he had been a pervy principal. New York Post headline. Are we growing numb to the opioid epidemic? CBS, New York. Now that was trying to bombard my brain. (laughs) In yes. one day. I was going to say, I'm glad I'm on America's Most Positive Podcast right now. Right? Uh, I'd be pretty real. sad. I mean, headline, headlines like this, Seth, I mean, it's becoming the norm. And um, another day, another doom and gloom story in the forefront of our national media from tales of political turmoil and our nation on the verge of another world war. Here we go to school shootings and the opioid epidemic. I got to tell you, negative news is rampant. It's unavoidable. But let's talk about the negative impact. And when we talk about the negative impact of this, now we can do something about it on a personal level and become the most positive human on the planet. Uh, Absolutely immune from negative news, immune from negative stress. And as a nation and as an individual listening to the show, that's where we got to go. We got to go there. There's too much negativity. So what is negative stress? 
typically, this is negative energy that is focused inward. It's coming inside. So this includes thinking negative about the current news and uh, even replaying some of these headlines. And I can't believe a 14-year-old boy killed 10 people in that Texas school. Or How did Harvey Weinstein get away with that for so long? I can repeat that news story in my mind, and then I can share it to everybody on my social media feed, all my friends, and I'm passing on negative news. Negative news will be passed on 20 times more than our podcast. What's up with that? I mean, America's most positive podcast. I mean, negative news is being passed along 20 times more than a positive feel-good story. And if you watch the news, at the very end, at the very end, they'll carve out 30 seconds up to maximum 90 seconds. And we'd like to end our telecast, our broadcast, on a positive note. A cat in Phoenix, and you know, then they, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then they tell us this going to look good. And you go, oh, thank you so much. You just hammered me for an hour with negativity. Well, and I was just thinking about a, a couple of things that, uh, you know, maybe if you're younger, you don't remember these as well. But uh, in, in the 90s, you know, there was this um, obsession over killer bees, which never really wound up becoming a thing. They were like angry, predatory bees. Uh, and there, there were signs of it, but it never really happened. Oh, yeah. And they, then they, they, if you saw the killer bees, you would be dead within an hour. I mean, they would just permeate and crawl through your eyeballs. It was terrifying. <laughs> killer bees. And, and they had it on the map. They're right yeah. now in uh, outside of Juarez. <laughs> and they're heading, they're, they're doing a convention and they're all heading collectively into a house near you. I mean, it's almost like they took like, uh, you know, the battle maps of World War II and just replaced all the bad guys with bees. They're like, and the bees are coming for you. Also, Y2K, I remember another story that people just obsessed over that, uh, that, that really wound up being nothing. And then you could go out and buy Y2K, um, you know, like prepare to skier for really cheap on oh, January 1st. Y2K, holy cow, doom and gloom. Well, what happens is these negative thoughts, they, they translate into negative energy and negative energy can hide inside the body. Specifically, Seth, this energy finds its way to the muscles of the body and they constrict the muscles, decrease blood flow, Breathing, consequently, overall, good health goes out the window. So, you know, you may never see the connection between what you think and read about and how you really feel, but negative stress from the news can cause you to feel tired, fatigued. It'll definitely get you irritable, especially if you throw things at the TV. It can make you apathetic where, you know, you don't even care anymore. It definitely gets you angry, and it can lower your score level to a low score depressed state. We call that the downs, that attitudinal uh, quagmire that once you get in it, into that funk, you can stay there for a while. Seth, you have, you're, you're a big guy, you're a strong guy. You got 600 muscles inside of your body. And, that, and that's where negative energy eventually will reside if you leave it unchecked. So your muscles control breathing, blood flow, digestion, every move you make is because of muscles. So you have conscious control of some and then others, uh, well, you, they work without any thought at all. So there's three types of muscles within your body. 
you had smooth muscles, cardiac muscles, and skeletal muscles. So you've got no physical control over the operation of your smooth muscles. So smooth muscles are responsible for involuntary actions in your body. Bladder function, I got to go to the bathroom, muscles constrict, little pressure on the bladder, uh, I, I got to go to the bathroom. So I got no control over that. Also, the smooth muscles control digestion. I'm not thinking about digesting what I had for breakfast. It's just happening. So stress that lodges there, that wreaks havoc on your system. So smooth muscles, that, those are your eyes. That allows you to stay focused, the smooth muscles. So if I really want to lock in, uh, I need muscles of, around the eyes to lock in. So stress here, negative energy, negative stress, it gets lodged in the smooth muscles. That causes indecision, low concentration, and eventually it's going to cause fatigue. Now, the cardiac muscles, uh, those are involuntary. That's responsible for blood circulation, blood flow. Stress here, uh, that's got some pretty serious dire consequences, especially over time. Heart attack, that definitely can be brought on because of negative stress. Um, this is involuntary. This is without you being aware of it. Skeletal mu uh, muscles. You know, that's when I say the word muscle, that the first thing you think about are those muscles. You know, your biceps, your jaw, your, your shoulders. These muscles consciously can be controlled. They're voluntary. You know, they allow you to swing a golf club or throw a baseball, kick a soccer ball. So along with your bones, these muscles give your body power, movement, strength. So we're all aware of stress in our skeletal muscles, you know, a little pain in the lower back, you know, my jaw's tight, shoulders are tense. Those are indicators of stress. So muscle relaxation techniques, it's great for relieving stress, not only from these muscles, but also your mind. Are you aware when you feel stress in your involuntary, unconsciously controlled muscles? Think about this, tension headaches. Muscle spasm, stomach aches, excessive perspiration, even bladder irregularity. Those are all signs of stress that have lodged into the smooth muscular system. So think about what you think about. Just because the news is playing and you don't feel it going into the involuntary muscles, uh, Negative stress that is not released, negative stress that's left unattended, and it finds its way into your body, it's going to cause low performance, and eventually it's going to wreak havoc uh, just on the well-being of yourself. It's going to restrict getting rid of cold sooner, so you can carry cold longer. Uh, it'll take you longer to recover from an accident. Uh, so uh, in the playoffs, someone like that has the negative stress uh, is not going to get back on the court nearly as quickly. Um, and, and there's a lot of negativity everywhere we go. 
you know, this, this show has a lot of pride on being the most positive show. Part of that is because we have the most positive listeners. And we've been getting all kinds of feel-good stories from our listeners. And we definitely appreciate it because there are so many. There are more positives than negatives. It's just those negatives uh, really seem to be shouted more from the uh, mountaintop. And, and they're passed along, again, 20 to 1. A negative is passed along more than a positive. But this doesn't happen. You don't have to just have the color drain from your face and be constantly fretting and worrying every time something like this kind of comes comes out of, out of the world at you. Well, I, you know, I, I think we need to, number one, we need to control our breathing. We really do. You, without realizing it, uh, you can be driving your car. You can be in, uh, on a subway in New York that's packed. And the next thing you know, your, your breathing is pushing 20 breaths a minute. And, and that stress of whatever you're doing uh, really starts changing involuntary and voluntary muscles in your body. You're not even aware of it. So think about not only what you think about, but also be cognitive of your breathing. We have to breathe. That's a fact. We got to breathe but we don't have to breathe six to eight breaths a minute or 10 or less breaths. And that's where the zone resides. We need longer inhale, longer exhale. Now I tell all my clients, set your, set your phone alarm, you know, two hour or 90 minute intervals for tomorrow. And every time the alarm goes off, check your breathing. See if you are aware of how your thoughts have impacted breathing, which impacts everything that you do. Um, Negativity is everywhere, Seth, and we need to immunize ourselves. uh, Be aware of breathing. Also, be aware of your jaw tight. Keep it unhinged. You know, I'm hanging out with a seven-month-old kid. What a pleasure. He didn't talk back to me one time. It was awesome. <laughs> was, my, my grandson was so locked in the zone. We're, we're in a very noisy, busy restaurant in the evening. And the waiters come around trying to take our order. And people are talking. You know, it's just really busy. We had a big party. And there's like six or seven of us. And all of a sudden, I look over. And my grandson is chin up above parallel, locked in on everything the waiter's saying about the specials. And I looked around. No one else is paying attention to the waiter. He's trying to get our attention. And he wants, hey, place your order, please, so I can turn the table and make more money. I get it. Yeah. And the only one watching and listening was my grandson. He had tuned out the rest of the restaurant, tuned out everybody at the table, and he was locked in on this stranger that was talking. Uh, and, I, and I thought my kid was going to take notes or even say, hey, could you repeat that special again? So locked into the moment from birth to five in that first 60 months, you're more locked into the moment. You're more aware of your surroundings at any time in your lifetime. And why is that? It's so that you can absorb whatever's happening and super learning arrives. You learn more in the first 60 months. And so hanging out with my grandkid in Central Park 
watching the ducks, watching these sailboats, no talking, just observing, and me laughing for no reason, and the, he's laughing for no reason. Um, wow. Be in the moment. Be a kid again. That's where super learning resides. So we need to have a blueprint. There's no question about it. Nothing great happens without a blueprint. But once you have a blueprint of where you want to go, why you want to go there, what your intentions are, then you can live in the moment. And that's where the zone resides. And I think when you live in the moment um, and love living in the moment, you can start immunizing yourself for things that don't serve you well, like all those negative headlines. What am I going to do about those headlines, Seth? I mean, I read them all in one day, and I'm like, wow, what am I going to do with this info? Uh, Besides talk about it, pass it on, and deliver negative news anywhere and everywhere. And we need to stop doing that, America. We're better than this. We're better. Yes, negative things happen to good people, and there are tragedies. And what we see in the news, I don't want it to happen. But what can I do about it? What can I personally do about it? Um, I can stay positive. That's what I can do. Control one thing in your life, what you think. You have free will. I have free will. We have free will. You know, with everybody listening right now, can you imagine collectively what we could do? Just this group listening to this podcast right now, we could start passing on extreme positive things. A group like us can change a community. We could change other people in the most impactful, productive, positive way. And are you personally doing that in your own life? Who in your life right now would you like to influence in a positive way? I I know for me, I'm raising my hand. I want to positively impact how my grandson's raised. I do. I know that he's a blank slate right now, and he's got awesome parents. Oh, my goodness. They're better parents, I think, than I was. They are on it. They got more information. They're very attentive, and they're allowing him to be him. And there's tons of love in the household. So that's great. But who else can I influence? Who else can you influence in your life? Who needs a big shot of positivity? This is all based on one, one fact. Every human on this planet at any given time of the day, of their waking hours, 112 hours a week, has a high or low level of self-discipline about whatever the subject is. Every human on this planet has a concentration level. And goodness gracious, we know that thing fluctuates 30, 40 times a day. Your C level, your concentration level, it goes up and down. Every human on this planet has a higher level of optimism about the subject at hand, your confidence, your positivity, your trust that what you got's enough, um, your expectation, your belief. It fluctuates, but we can control that. And each of us 
has a higher low level of relaxation and enjoyment. We all have a score level. That's our mental fingerprint of what we think collectively, our thoughts. Are you thinking collectively? All your thoughts in the day, positive? Or are you slanting a little bit more toward the news? Negativity. Where, you know, you bitching, moaning, complaining, and worrying, and, and, and fretting, and stressing, and oh my gosh, and doom, and glooming. And, and you take that far enough, you're just locked up. You know, a little more comical example than what, we, what you're in there. But I remember high school basketball play a school i look over at my opponent who will you know want to be in a starter in division one the next year and uh, i'm i'm six six i'm not short but i i knew i had to guard him guy is almost seven feet tall and uh i saw him in the warm-up i mean you know high school by the time you get to high school there are several kids who can dunk but this guy just jumps up and dunks like he's Shaq. and i remember the i mean it just felt like my stomach turned into a knot the blood drained out of my face i felt like my joints couldn't move and that's that's exactly what I thought of when you talked about all the different kinds of muscles being affected. Uh, was I mean I just turned into the Tin Man for the Wizard of Oz. It's like oh I, I well in a in a sports context it'll definitely freeze you. Um, but let's take the NBA playoffs right now. Let's look at the biggest stress moments. Game seven. Warriors. Rockets. The Rockets are built built to do one thing, defeat the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely built. And then what happens? CP3, Chris Paul the third, CP3, hamstring injury. He's not playing game six. He's not playing game seven. Game six, they go out to a, an amazing lead led by James Harden. They get up, you know, double figures. Game seven, they're up 11 at half. And then all of a sudden, here come in the third quarter, here come the Warriors. The stress of that moment, and you could hear mic'd up, D'Antoni, you can hear him saying, they're going to make a run. They're going to make a surge. You know, be ready for it. And, and it happened. And what happened to the stress of the moment? How many did they miss in a row? 22, 23, 24? It was up there. I've never seen that before. They missed over 23-point shots in a row on that stage. Why is that? They could go out and play another game right now. You know, that didn't mean anything. They're not going to miss that many. The stress of the moment changes lots of things. It definitely changed your, your breathing. Uh, you get a dry mouth. Uh, your eyes will start darting. It impacts fine motor skills, touch. The ball doesn't go off your fingertips as smoothly with a great backspin rotation on your shot. You don't get the arc. You lose your legs. You start you know, operating more by your hands. You play poor defense, stress can wreak havoc and does wreak havoc in a game. But the best in the world right now is, without argument, LeBron James, Cleveland Cavaliers, overcoming tons of stress, tons of turmoil. They win game seven, and now we're back again with the Golden State Warriors 
Cleveland Cavaliers. It's going to be interesting. But this is all about managing negativity, managing stress, and overcoming it. It really is. And these two teams, uh, Golden State and Cleveland, wow, four times in a row in the finals. That's never happened before. In a major sport where two teams have played four years in the finals in a row. So uh, uh, zone performance, uh, Golden State Warriors, zone performance, Cleveland Cavaliers. What a fun NBA finals this is going to be. And, of course, the negativity can, like, like I gave the example, physically locking me down. It can also affect the people around you. And that's where, you know, when uh, if you're on the Rockets and you start to see James Harden, you know, those three-pointers are going in almost straight at the rim instead of arced, right? Uh, what, whatever that is for you in your life, you have a, an opportunity to step in and help somebody else have a higher score level to influence the people around you. That uh, negativity is definitely contagious, but so is positivity and extreme positivity, very contagious. And, and you can see a baseball team uh, moving the line, as they call it, where one guy after another starts putting the ball in play, hitting solid with an accelerated bat head. And all of a sudden, you can just feel it. And the pitcher can feel it. Even though he's got an advantage, he can feel that line energy of one hitter after another in the lineup uh, coming to the plate, expecting to hit the ball solid. So um, it's a beautiful thing when it happens and you get in a positive flow in the zone. But boy, oh boy, the flip side of that, when an entire team or family gets into a negative zone or a company, there are companies right now in America that are not in the zone. And they are struggling. And they are looking at negativity um, and not handling it very well. And stress runs downhill. It it doesn't run uphill, Seth. You know, it can back up like a commode sometimes and back up. But mostly, it runs downhill. So right now, look in your family life. Where's the stress? Who in your family is the most stressed out? Uh, you may need to look in the mirror. It may be you, or is it a significant other? Or do you have a young college grad that just finished up college? Now you got to get a job, and there are no jobs. And they're going to live in the basement until they're 30? It's happening, America. There's people living in the basement. They're 33. And, uh, you know, they've been living off mom and dad. Mom and dad are tapping into uh, their future savings. Um, This is real. How you manage this stress and how you think in stressful times is going to influence everybody around you. If you could choose one person right now in your life, and most of us have up to 50 people in your inner circle that you interact with on a daily and weekly basis. Some you like, some you don't like that much enough to go out and hang out with them. But, hey, I work next to them. They're part of my team at work. 50 people. If you could change one person, who would that be? And what would you want to influence? 
you know, I just realized I've got a couple people in the, you know, in, in my professional life that I'm working with. And obviously it's not you because I've, I would say I've got a couple people who are kind of teetering oh, on hold, the downs. Hold on one second. <laughs> okay, my jaw and hinge. I just took a deep breath. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate that. I'm glad it wasn't me. Well, no, I just I just realized I've got a couple people that when you said it, I'm like, oh, I know two people in my professional life that are kind of teetering on the downs. And I just thought, okay, so either I'm pulling them up or they're pulling me down with them. Uh, yeah, it's probably one or the other. And you know, if you're if you're a teacher right now uh you're probably glad that it's summertime and you're not teaching but you know a great teacher is sending out positive vibes uh especially to a student that's struggling has the talent but just doesn't realize that talent you got to see a a student i've said that many times on the show see an a student when everybody else goes this guy's a slacker you know he doesn't even care he's not even trying and it's easy to see someone negative when they're producing negativity. It's easy to see that on your team uh, if you're the coach and they're missing. How do you turn them around? How do you influence them to start making that three-pointer? What needs to be said as, as a coach, as a teacher? But what is the inner dialogue? What needs to be said? As a player, um, and I, I, I want to take the time out uh, right now to give a shout out to Dylan Meyer, uh, University of Illinois men's golf, finished fourth um, in the nation individually, uh, going to get All-American status, uh, the fourth best uh, finish of, of an Illinois golfer, and that's saying something since they produced two national champions. Um, this is. Uh, a zone performer, and he's definitely had some physical challenges in his career. So to see someone overcome that, that's a positive. His coach saw him as positive. And that's um, not just for this particular individual, but which person in your life could you impact right now, and what do you need them to think? And how do you think about them? to take them to that next level. So Seth, you got a couple of people in mind without saying their names? I do, yeah. Okay, so if you have someone right now, everyone listening, shut your eyes if you can. If you're driving, don't shut your eyes. See this person positive. You've received some information about this person, their results. Uh, you've witnessed it. You've heard about it. You've seen it. How do you flip the script? You just change the movie with them in it. And you see them successful or you see them disciplined or you see them focus on one thing. You see them confident. You see them calm and cool and relaxed. And you see them laughing and smiling and not negative and not a victim and not a judge. That's the mark of a great teacher. That's the mark of a great friend. That's the mark of a champion family member. It really is. That's the mark of a leader in a company, especially in a uh, negative times, uh, ferocious competition. And maybe you look around and realize 
And boy, is my team an all-star team? They're not performing like it. How do you flip the script and reverse it? It starts with how you perceive them. It starts with what you picture. And can you give them repetition of that positivity? If you got somebody in a company right now that, that is a direct report to you, and you've been thinking about cutting them loose, you've been thinking about them in a negative way. Oh, my gosh, Seth's always screwing up. This is crazy. He's never on time. Why is he late? Uh, whatever it is you're thinking about, that person. Just kidding, Seth. What, whatever you're thinking about, that person. Flip the script on that thought. See that in the solution-oriented sense, as opposed to reality, that person's late, that person's not producing, not performing. I would give it 90 days, and I would be upfront with them. I would tell them, especially if it's a boss relationship, tell them what's expected. Tell them what you want. Tell them that you believe in them, that you know they can change in 90 days. Give them a little bit of a carrot. And, of course, the carrot is, you know, I'm not going to fire you. That's implied. But you need people to have some hope. The other thing you need to realize, maybe their performance has nothing to do with the job at all. Maybe they have a sick wife at home or a sick husband or a sick child or their mother's dying or they've got some bad news physically that they haven't shared with you about themselves. So, you know, everybody's got their own hidden agenda that they may or not want to reveal. But I think influencing other people in a positive way may be one of the most selfish activities you could possibly do. It's that mental boomerang. You start throwing it out, it's going to come back to you. It's going to come back to you. Your blessings will come back. I really believe that. So right now, everyone, you're in the Zone Cafe, and that person that you want to impact is in the back seat. And you're driving the car up to the Zone Cafe. Seth, let's go there a little bit early right now. And okay. We, yeah. we always end our show like that. But you're you're going up to buy something for the person you've placed in the back seat. And basically what you're saying is, you're starving. You just don't know it. I got to get you a meal. Exactly. They're, they're uh, starving and they need self-discipline. They need a blueprint. They need goals. They need something that they can see that's going to manifest in the future. And they need to have patience and they need to um, have some persistence as well, some stick to If that's what they need, man, place your order for them and give it to them. But maybe they need concentration. There's one person that I've met who is a very good friend. He is extremely talented, extremely talented, can do anything and everything, and unfortunately tries to do anything and everything. And I, if he was in the backseat of my car, I would say, you need to focus on your strengths, on one thing, and see it through. Finish it. Become a closer. And I, I see him closing. I see him successful. And if he's really my friend, that's what I need to see for him. And by seeing it in your own mind, you're actually giving it to him because every thought you have is being broadcast physically, emotionally, and intuitively. But maybe they need confidence. Maybe they need 
more than just hope. Maybe they need expectation. You got to see them successful, maybe before they see themselves successful. And if you're a friend, if you're a coworker, or if you're a family member, whoever's in that back seat, if they need optimism, man, Seth's cooking up a giant bag of that in, in the in the back here. We're, we're going to see that for whoever it is that you want to influence. But maybe they need to chill. Maybe they need to stop worrying. Maybe they need to relax. And maybe they need to put down the fear of going that extra mile or doing whatever they need to do. If they need to breathe, you got to picture them chilled out. What if it's your wife? What if she's in the back? What if it's your husband? He's in the back seat and he's coming home worried about money to the point of it's crazy. It's pennies. You know, he's, he's figuring out the tip and he's going to the lowest tip. In fact, he may not even want a tip. Money has so impacted your significant other in a negative way. He's constantly checking his bank account. He's obsessed with it to the point where he's worried, he's stressed, he's anxious, and he's frozen. He's now indecisive. He can't reinvent himself. He can't go in a new direction, and he can't pass on positivity to anyone because he's blocked with his own negativity. What if you're living with someone like that, Seth? Wow. You've got to see that person change. And basically, when you start seeing it with repetition, especially when you go to sleep at night, you see them positive, you're sticking your hand out and saying, let's go. We can do this. I'm here for you. I believe in you. I care about you. I value you. That's a pretty powerful thing, but it takes one person in a relationship of a negative family to do that. And you know what's interesting? Sometimes I've seen the kids do that with their parents, where the kid lifts up mom and dad, where they refuse negativity. So what do they need? Do they need to relax? But maybe they need to just Enjoy life. Be in the moment. Go to Central Park in New York. It's the most amazing park. In this hustle and bustle, in all this turmoil, positive, but a lot of negativity, in New York City, there is this refuge called Central Park. And when you go there, you can just be. You you all of a sudden start breathing even better because of all the trees. Find your refuge, find your place, and help the people that you love and care about find theirs. That's a great friend. That's a great spouse. That's a great brother. Walk through your life, which person that you care about, that you value, needs a boost in S-C-O-R-E. You've gone to the Zone Cafe. You're ordering for them. They may not even know you're ordering, but that's what good friends do. I'm going to go ahead and order one shot of concentration and one big bag of enjoyment. I got to pass those both to the backseat. That for you, that for you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Who do you want to influence? 
we are influencers of thought, Seth. We really are in how we interact with uh, all the negative news in the world and all the things that happen. Competition's uh, more ferocious today than ever before. There's a lot of people want to reinvent ourselves. Uh, we've had uh, uh, people call our show and say, do something on reinvention. We may need to do that in the next series, it. maybe next Next show is on reinvention. We'll get, yeah, we get, we're going to work that into the uh, the future for sure. Um, but really, you can look out on this, and uh, you can probably just jump through the different uh, pieces of your life, and and you probably know more than one person. Uh, specifically, you know, we all are convincing somebody uh, in our jobs in some way. So, Colby, your daughter is a, an ER nurse, uh, which is really fast paced, right? Pretty like fast paced. Really fast boom, paced. Boom, boom. You never know what you're going to get. Um, but even in that, you know, where you, they're getting them stabilized and getting them onto other care, uh, she's got to convince that person to be in the right mind frame and to, sometimes it's difficult in the medical world, follow instructions so that they can get better or they're going to be right back in the emergency room, right? So, it doesn't matter if you are you know, a nurse, a kindergarten teacher, a security guard, you know, every single one of us, a novelist, you know, working with your agent, we all have somebody uh, that we need to be, have that, uh, that mental skill to be able to look at somebody and just kind of, you know, we're talking to them and do what I've seen you do uh, in random places like, uh, you know, like restaurants and just be able to boost somebody up. You know, if you look around and see someone in your life, that needs to change. The other thing I, I thought about is, huh, what was my role in making them negative to begin with? Did I have a role in that? I've actually never thought about that. Wow. Uh, I think most of us haven't thought about that. I'm in the lobby uh, of a hotel in Manhattan just a few days ago, and there is a secret service agent. I know because he's, had secret service on his uniform. And so I went up to him. He was real uh, stoic and no expression. But he's standing there in the middle of the lobby. And I walked up to him and I go, hey, I think I'm going to be all right. I know you're here to protect me from, from all the crowds for autograph seekers. And, <laughs> and I said, I, you know, I really appreciate you being here for me. And he looked at me and then I started laughing. And he's I made him laugh because obviously he was not there for me. I go, why are you here? He goes, well, I'm assigned to uh, Trump Tower and uh, I was not staying in Trump Tower. I'm in a hotel a few blocks away in, Man in Midtown. And uh, he said, but we're placed at different places. But right now I'm just actually coming over here and uh, grabbing something to eat. I said, so how's your stress level? And he looked at me and he goes, it can be pretty intense. And um, it, it's an easy job uh, because there's no threats that I see. But we do get reports of threats that the public doesn't see. And, and that keeps us on alert. And, I, and then I said, so you turn it off pretty well when you go home? And he goes, that is my challenge. That is my challenge. Where he's in a stressful job life or death possibility. You don't physically see the threats, but you get reports that there are threats. Yeah. And, you know, it's in a very diverse uh, New York City where who knows who's the next person over or 
who you're getting in a cab with. And the biggest challenge he had was turning it off. Are you turning off stress from a job during the 90-second rule, coming home relaxed, and bringing relaxation to your family? Or are you walking that negative stress into your family? They're stressed out, and you're looking at them going, why are you so stressed out? When actually you brought it in. You brought it in with you on the first 90 seconds or how you talk or your demeanor or like doom and gloom mindset. Think about what you think about and think about your thoughts as you change life arenas. You are an influencer of thought. And we all want to be a positive influencer. I know we do. That's the ultimate, be able to influence the positive outcome of a sporting event. Who doesn't want to do that? This goes to uh, a crowd, a crowd of people that root for a team that always lose. Oh, my God. Here we go again. Here we go. I can't. We can't buy a three. Can you believe this? This guy can't. And that's one fan and then 20 fans and then 100 fans and then 1,000 fans and then 10,000 fans. Then it's a million fans sending out the vibe. We're choking. And then they do. And then they do. We influence thoughts. And the more America wakes up and realizes that every one of us in this great country of ours is an influencer of thought, it's going to make you think about what you think about which is really the self-awareness is what this show is all about. That's why we're the most positive podcast, because we're here to think only solutions to the myriad of challenges that we have every single day, especially challenges in competitive businesses or competitive sports. Hey, it is what it is. That should be the enjoyment factor of competing but are you competing with a positive mindset and are you the MVP of your family? Are you the MVP of your department, division, or company as a whole? Are you the MVP? I think that's where we need to look as a country. We need to look in the mirror. Absolutely. And, this touches a little bit on um, on a previous episode that you can go back and check out from last week. Uh, you know, you do need some cortisol in the in the score system, right? And so, when you have some challenges, that gives you the opportunity to rise to your best. And when somebody else needs to be influenced, when they're a little bit in the downs, or you can see them, you know, kind of, you also, I think, you know, get to be a better you as you're kind of helping them get back up there, and your company has changed, and your family has changed, and also you're the better for it. You, you just got a better score skill right there. Well, you know, and to make someone else aware of what they need to do, sometimes you need a kick in the pants. And sometimes you need a hug. Sometimes they need discipline and focus. And sometimes they need to chill out and just love the moment. So as an influencer, you need to make a decision. What does the person need? This person that I care about, S-C-O-R-E. 
and making them aware of it can resolve it 90% of the time, just like you being aware of what you need. This is the giant score check that we do at the end of every one of our shows. Think about what you think about. You're more than uh, your name. You're more than what you do for a living. And I, I'm even more than uh, Bowen's grandpa, although that's right now enough for me. You know, I'll take that any day. Um, yeah, we're, we're souls having awesome human challenges and human experiences. And it's how we adapt. It's how we adjust. But there's one thing we always need to do, Seth. We, we can adapt to the situation and adjust to the condition or circumstance with extreme positivity. But we always need to adhere to our values, our core principles, our philosophy of life, and adhere to your genuine self of who you are. And that's the triple A, adjust, adapt, adhere, triple A. Uh, when I hear this negative news and I'm bombarded and running a gauntlet through negative news, um, I need to have triple A. I'm going to adjust to it by dismissing it. I do want to know what's happening in the world. I do want to know um, about the hurricane that may arrive or other things, tragedies that have happened and what can I do about it. And But I need to adapt to this. I don't need to embrace it. I don't need to keep repeating it. And I definitely don't need to embrace being a victim of it or a judge of it. Starve the victim and judge in you and feed the champion. Feed the champion. And you know what? There... There's something I think that, uh, you know, I, I've gotten both from the book, The Blueprint, which you can uh, search on Amazon.com, local bookstores. Jim's last name is F-A-N-N-I-N, Jim Fannin, The Blueprint. You know, as, as I've thought about, uh, you know, the entrepreneurial life, right? Like, uh, you know, I took that jump and from, you know, the paychecks come every other Friday to you're in a different world. And hey, it's great. I'm so happy for the first year, but then I thought about, you know, there's always going to be challenges. There's, you know, you're going to have a vendor that, um, you know, doesn't pay you on time or that you're going to have a bump in the road. And what I have learned from this show and from the book is that I need to kind of know that stuff can happen, but rather than dwelling on that or rather than dwelling on the negative news, because these, these are the kind of the same thing, right? Like just absorbing this negativity and chewing it, <laughs> uh, that what I want to focus on is my own habits, you know? my own high daily standard because, you know, you can have a wave hit the shore now and again, uh, but what's going to carry you through is, is, you know, your, your palm tree analogy there um, that uh, I'm, I'm not super uptight about it. Something happens. I know who I am and I pop back up and I go back to those habits and I go back to that high, high daily standard. Yeah. I, I, I use the five second rule. I know I gave a shout out to university of Illinois. They had a great season and, um, uh, there's a five-second rule we have in golf, but I think it applies to everything. You're only as great as the five seconds after every performance, after every shot, after every at-bat, after every swing of a golf club. How you react to negativity is really going to set the stage of how far you can go 
uh, up a positivity ladder uh, to reach whatever you want to reach in your own life. And, And I think we can expand that five seconds to 90 seconds. We all receive negative news. We all can be ambushed with a dirty look or someone yelling at us or someone giving us an obscene gesture in a crowded traffic jam. What? What? You know? And how you react to that, how you adapt and adjust to that really is not only going to test your character, but it's going to, it's going to reveal something. It's going to reveal whether you can overcome these little tiny negativities that impact us. I mean, there's many of us out there dying a thousand deaths by a thousand cuts of yeah. negativity. You don't even see it. You're just, you're just bleeding because you're just cut by a negative comment, a, a negative dirty look, uh, a negative gesture, uh, a negative news cycle. And we need to immunize ourselves and put this invisible positive barrier around us. And again, I, you know, going on this trip to New York as I travel all the time all over the country, all over the world, um, I go into a little coma and, and a positive one and put this barrier around me. You know, I get on the airplane. How are you? I, I'm two levels above awesome. And they, every time I say that, every time I give that uh, greeting to the, you know, the stewardess or steward on, on, the, on the plane, they look at me like, uh, get the taser for the big guy. You know, the guy, the guy in two B is a little too happy. You know what's going on? Why can't he just be at the regular standard of cranky? This is weird. Oh yeah, I I actually got on the plane and I I was giving her my coat. If she would hang out, I said, please have this back to me. I'd like to have it pressed and clean. And I handed it to her, and then she thought, pressed and clean. <laughs> so oh oh oh, you don't do pressed and clean. Anyway. You know, we need a little more laughter, a little more uh, uh, humor. Uh, we need to smile more, America. And we need to definitely be positive more. And uh, we need to fight this negativity battle that's happening right now. Uh, the depression that's going around right now. Um, but I'm seeing hope, Seth, everywhere I go. I'm meeting so many positive people. I'll tell you what happened to me. I'm in Soho and I'm with my wife and we have no agenda except we're in Soho and we're just walking around. We may find a cafe, outdoor cafe. We may go into a dress shop if that's what she wants to do. And we're just kind of hanging and um, Memorial Day weekend. And my wife says, I'd like to have an awesome custom hat. And my thought is, of course you would. She loves hats. (laughs) Her hat actually made the Kentucky uh, uh, Derby Sports Illustrated cover. There's my hat. You couldn't see her. But (laughs) But the hat made it. Yeah, the the hat made the cover. It was pretty wild. That was a couple years back. So I I know she likes hats. And and, uh, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe I'll get me a hat, you know. So where is a hatter? And so I cleared my mind right there on the corner, right there on the street, cleared my mind and saw an awesome hat, saw a custom 
had her in my mind and um and my wife did the same and i said well let's just walk and so we're just walking with no agenda no google no map you know no you know let's google hatter for new york no i i got the google right here in my mind my intuition of seeing what i want so we walk up a couple blocks and now we run across the road we can go left or right or straight or go back and reverse we go right and we just decide we're going to go to Greenwich Village. And we went, no, let's go back to Soho. And the next thing I know, after about 10 minutes, I walk by and I go, there it is. And we walked in. And there we met Ken Lee. Hey, Ken Lee, if you're listening, uh, New York hatter, custom hat maker uh, on Thompson uh, in Soho. Awesome hat custom design. And lo and behold, he was looking to change careers in a positive, not careers. He was looking to upgrade uh, where he is and what he's doing. And we started talking in ABC. I'll always be coaching. I started coaching him. Anyway, I gave him some nuggets of positivity. Hopefully he's listening to the show. Check him out. He's a master custom hatter. And uh, how do we find him? Intuition. See what you want as opposed to what you don't want. America, we need to upgrade our thoughts. If we could take a printout of everyone listening on this show, I know we'd have more positivity than anyone else in America. But we need to take it to another level. This group listening right now, Who can we influence? Who can we influence to change their situation, their condition, their circumstance? And that's what this show is all about. And can I just toss one more thing on there? Toss it in. Two more things. Uh, Two more. I get two more things. I got it. The first is that, you know, depending on Jim's schedule, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, we do the show. I got to be out. You got to be out. You got to go to New York. You got to go to a golf school, whatever. And sometimes we get to, you know, go, we go run an errand for the show, grab lunch, whatever. On those days, it's like, hey, where'd Jim go? He, he, he finds somebody to coach. <laughs> just- I, I, I know. It's, I, I can't, it's, I love doing, I can't help it. But my, the other, say always be coaching. The other thing I realized when you were saying that is, you know, when we're talking about, you know, flipping this negativity into the positive and influencing the people around us, I would say, that you crushing your own intuition is kind of a form of negativity. Uh, and how many people, like how many times in, you know, at work or with your family, have you missed a great moment because like, nah, now I'm going to, now I mean, that, that could be cool, but I'm just going to kind of I'll talk call, myself out of it. I'll call it. Yeah, I should call, you know, he's probably not there. It's Memorial Day weekend. I'll wait till Monday. Call him. Listen, intuition, listen to it. Intuition, real time information that conscious minds do not possess. This is what I learned from my grandfather, that dreams absolutely get me going on an intuitive level, behind the scenes, making connectivity without my conscious knowledge of moving me around the block in Soho, of wanting to go to Greenwich, but no. I'm letting my intuition tell me where to go. 
and it brings me right to a hatter, right to a custom hatter. How, how did that happen? That's, that's something we all possess. How many times has a Major League Baseball pitcher stared into the catcher's mitt and the catcher puts down fastball and he gets a fastball grip and he's throwing to the best hitter in the game and a little voice goes, what? What was that? The catcher wants me to throw a fastball. The league, the experience says it's a fastball, but my intuition goes, change up. And it whispers, and it says it once. What do I do? Ask Earl Hershiser, great Earl Hershiser, great pitcher, still holds the record for most consecutive shutout innings in a row. I believe it's 57, and there may be people out there that know that it might be 56. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's more than 50 in a row, which is pretty amazing. And he told me, 50 pitches a year dictate a good year or not so good year. Only 50 pitches the entire season for a pitcher. And how many of those 50 pitches did you violate your intuition? That if you would have thrown that change up because it whispered that you would have gotten out of the inning and you wouldn't put up a crooked number of a five spot or a six spot to knock me out of the game. How many of us do not listen to our intuition and act on it? And the reason that most of us don't is because we have too many thoughts. We're in chaos. We're pushing beyond 2,000 thoughts a day, the average person. We're pushing 3,000, 4,000 thoughts a day. And we're not holding a thought very long anymore as well as a society. Clear your mind. Take time off, reboot, be the palm tree, go to Central Park with your grandson and have no thoughts. Be in the moment like him because he's a zoniac. Bowen is a zoniac. He's learning more than I am right now. Why wouldn't I want to hang with that person who's locked into the moment? Listen to your gut. Listen to your intuition. It'll cause you to reinvent yourself. It may get you up off the couch and change jobs. It can get you to move to a different city. It can get you to not get married to this person. Or it can get you to say, I'm marrying this person. It will help you become decisive. Listen to it. Real-time information that the conscious mind does not possess. And when you have less thoughts and you already have a blueprint, which helps spawn less thoughts, now you can operate intuitively, and it'll guide you. It is your best friend. It's my best friend. It's amazing how we don't always listen to it. It only whispers and typically only says it once. Wow. I've, I've learned several things on this episode. That, that is going to stick with me. That's going to stick in my head right there once. I want to give a shout out to a couple of zone performers. Okay. I want to give a shout out to LeBron James. And I know we've done this. And this guy 
is a zoniac zone performer and talk about influence. This guy has influenced the other people on his team to be their genuine, authentic best self. And he wins game seven without Kevin Love. This guy has taken this team that arguably has less talent than any team that he's been on that's gone to the finals. That's a zone performance. Uh, I look at Steve Kerr, zone performance. And a lot of naysayers, a lot of people jumping on Houston bandwagon. I get that. They are awesome. What a great season Houston has had. What a great season Houston sports has had with the Astros, with the Rockets. But Steve Kerr, uh, to manage superstars and to manage fourth consecutive final, uh, very impressive. Again, I want to give a shout-out to Mike Small, who led his team uh, to a Nationals and who's led his team to a Big Ten championship. What a zone year you've had, and you are a zoniac, no question about it. And if it's okay, if I can put those two together, when you're in the zone like that, you know, the Nationals to the University of Illinois, I mean, that inspires other people around it. I, I loved, uh, you know, being home. I, I caught the really uh, about the last three quarters of uh, of the um, – the Warriors and Rockets game, right? But I love just, I stopped for gas and, you know, the uh, the guy that I paid was listening to it. I was on my way home to see it. And so LeBron James, Mike Small, people like that, they spread positivity just through their excellence and giving us something to aspire to. And so I want to, I'm going to shout that part of, of them being zone performers out too, which I appreciate. And there, right now there's some zone companies out there as well. And uh, there are some zone social workers. I met two of them. I met John and Amy in New Jersey, therapists, uh, helping addicts uh, recover from alcoholism and for addiction. And I had lunch with them. And they are zone performance performers at the highest level. Uh, shout out, Jersey, Amy, John, you rock. You are zone performers. And there's so many zoniacs around the country. And I'm saying, let's unite zoniacs. Let's unite. And we can have different political views. We can have uh, different industries that we're in. Uh, We can be in different class uh, economically. We can be different religiously. And we can be different socioeconomically, and we can be different in age from uh, a grandson who's in the zone uh, to a grandpa who, who's wanting to be in the zone every day and is doing everything to live in the zone. There's one thing we can do together, regardless of our differences. We can think positive. We can think solutions. We can think inclusion of other positive people. One person doesn't have all the answers. I get that. And one nation doesn't have all the answers. But when we bind together positive thinking, to me, that's the only place to be. 
and we have free will as human beings to pull that off. Uh, that's what I love about this show is getting feedback from so many positive people, so many diverse industries represented by our listeners. Uh, we've got parents, uh, we've got high school students, we've got uh, people that are 80 years old. We have people from New York, California, Florida, Texas, everywhere in between. We have listeners in India. We have listeners in London. We have listeners in Colombia, South America. We have listeners all over, and we have one thing in common. We think positive. We're Zoniacs. That's the only place to be. Let's pull up to the Zone Cafe. Ready to do it? For ourselves. You got it for somebody else. And this is a good reminder. You're helping somebody else in order to do that. You have to be where you need to be, which is a balanced score level, which is a balanced score check. So based this on your last week, maybe you're a little heavy toward the RNA because, you know, Memorial Day weekend. I get it. What do you need right now? To realize your vision for the year. What do you need right now to realize your quarterly? We're in the second quarter. What do we need to realize and finish that second quarter at your best, your highest level? And what do you need right now, maybe, uh, to help you influence other people even more? To pull up. This is all about you, no one else. You need self-discipline because we're cooking up a batch of self-discipline. The willingness, the commitment, keyword commitment, to stay with tasks or group of tasks that lead to goals, that have timeline, that take you to that vision, that point in the future where everything is possible, when your dreams are manifest. Do you need that? We got it. Put it in your car. Drive off, think about it, get busy, flesh it out in your own mind, in your own situation, on your own terms. But maybe, maybe you're extremely talented. I mean, really talented. And I've, I've been blessed to meet so many talented people. But the challenge with talented people, you can do it all. You can do so much. You're creative. You're disciplined. I can do this. I can do that. I could go down multiple pathways. What happens to a person like that? We need focus. We need to pick one path and finish. If you need concentration, the ability to focus mental and physical energy on a task or a group of tasks, routines that take you to stepping stone goals one at a time, that leads you to that pathway of a vision, something you really want to manifest. If you need to put on blinders and get her done and make it happen, then you need to order a big slab of concentration. Seth put that in their car if that's what they need. But maybe, maybe you have a plan, but maybe you, you got a little lingering doubt. Maybe you got a little 
judge remnant in you where you're judging the competition, maybe putting them a little higher on a pedestal, which pushes you down a little bit in the pecking order. Maybe you, you have that to overcome. Maybe, maybe you need some hope. Maybe you need some expectancy. Maybe you need some optimism. That that optimism, once you put that plate of optimism in your car, what are you going to do with it? You're going to keep it? You're going to keep that optimism for the next week? Are you going to think about it when you get up in a positive way? You're going to go to bed tucked in at night, seeing positively what you want? Boy, if that's what you need, we got some of that. Optimism, take it and, and put that in your life. That's the missing link maybe to unlocking your full potential. But maybe you have that. But maybe, maybe you still worry. You know, relaxation's right next to optimism. They're right. They bump into each other, and they, they need to hold hands. Maybe, um, maybe there's a little stress that is coming back on you, hiding. And maybe you're getting a little negativity from the news or wherever. And that's what we've been talking about today. And maybe that's changed your breathing. And maybe, maybe you've been sick and maybe you're not feeling well. Maybe you're trying to overcome an accident. Maybe all you need to get healthy is to relax, is to get your breathing down to six days. So if you need relaxation, we got a big, giant, cool drink with an awesome straw. Maybe you need a fire hose to drink from. We got that too. Maybe you need relaxation to eliminate fear, worry, anxiety, and that kind of negative stress. I laugh more, Seth, in the last three days. I bought a red nose. A red nose. I think the 24th was red nose day. I bought a red nose. Not knowing if that would impact my grandson in a negative way where he's terrified for clowns the rest of his life. <laughs> and my daughter is going to hate me for, you know, really getting him off uh, a zone path. But I had the red nose and I put it on. I let my grandson see me put it on. And he looked at me and he reached up to touch it and he cracked up. He started laughing. I knew I got him. I got him. And I took the nose off. I put it on other people. I wanted to put it on him. And he just laughed and smiled. If you need some laughter, you need some enjoyment, you need a little pep in your step, you need a little shot of adrenaline and some dopamine, and just to get going with some vibrance. Come on, we got a happy meal of enjoyment. That's the satisfaction or pleasure of doing what you do. It takes you to your goals. Uh, skipping, sometimes you got to skip. Laughing, sometimes you got to laugh. Smile, right, you should be doing that every day. Little shot of dopamine, come on. If that's what you need, we got a happy meal of enjoyment for you. You're responsible for S-C-O-R-E. You have a score level, and so does everybody in your inner circle. Those 50 people that when you influence them in a positive way as the MVP of your inner circle, 
that's going to change your life because it's changing other people's lives. And think about it. When those 50 people change and become extreme positive, how many people are they going to influence? We could be talking thousands. This is how you change a neighborhood. A neighborhood. Are you an influencer of positivity in your neighborhood? Are you positive with your next door neighbor? Or are you all just too busy not to take over a little batch of cookies for no reason? Just to add a little enjoyment. You know, we're all humans with free will. This show is about positivity. We believe we are America's most positive podcast. And you know why I can say that, Seth? Because the listeners are the most positive people in the world. And like a drop of water in a pool can create a ripple effect. It's time to get in the zone, everybody, and change America. One thought at a time, one person at a time, one company at a time, one family at a time. I'm fired up. I'm locked in. Let's go, America. We're better than the news that we've been getting. We're better than this. This is the greatest country in the world, period. Have a zone week. It's the only thing to do. This is a Crush Performance Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Honestly, all of our research over the last three or four months, everything has come back to youth and concerns about youth. I mean, the adults, ah, it's too late for us anyway. We should be smart enough, even though most of us aren't. So I will say this, ladies and gentlemen, um, our Twitter poll at Jeff Crush asked a very simple question, which is worse, alcohol or pot when it comes to performance and development? And our Crush listeners, they hit the nail on the head. I think 95% are saying alcohol. And you're absolutely right when it comes to the physical side and developmental side of thing. Alcohol is just a disaster out there. And I think, you know, because it's so legal and accepted in society, we kind of underestimate the physical implications of alcohol. But with the legalization of pot in the U.S. and certain countries around the world and coming coast to coast in Canada, I think the uncertainty has raised a lot of concerns, Brendan. And I think uh, that conversation with Rebecca has really maybe provided uh, a lot of answers or maybe soothed some concerns out there. Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell, can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.